Welcome back to Rhythms of Grace. My name's Nate, and I'm here with Sung Kim, who's the lead pastor of Grace Church. We've got another exciting episode for you today as we continue in our series called No Easy Answers. We're looking at your questions, uh, either from the Bible or from life in general, and we try to make it as confusing as possible (laughs) as we go forward. No, but in reality, what we're essentially saying is that, like, there's lots of sort of really clear black and white answers, and oftentimes those are insufficient for the bigger issues. Right, and, and related to, if you ever dive into any kind of field of study, you know that the deeper you go into it, while it provides some answers, it yep. actually unearths more questions. Yep. And that's true in the Christian faith too. You yep. have some answers, but it's not like the answers all of a sudden go, oh, okay, now everything's good. Yeah. It actually exposes and creates more questions, mm-hmm. and, and it's living in that tension yeah. of the questions. I think it's helpful to, to remind people that that is r- right, or that's the way that it should be. Yeah. I think I think for me, um, sort of the clarity of, you know. Black and white. Yeah, juvenile faith, we, we you know, we might want to call it. Yep. It, it, to all these nuances that can that felt really disconcerting to me yeah. like wait a minute i thought this was super clear i thought that there was you know this diagram that had the cross <laughs> you know uh, or the romans <laughs> right. road or whatever i thought that was all there was and then suddenly there's all this other stuff yeah uh and that it was disconcerting at first yeah it really was yeah well before we get started uh some things i found out about you oh geez yeah. Oh, my daughter was over at your house recently, your wasn't da- she? I mean, she comes over every Wednesday. Yeah. And over dinner, we just talk, and um, she's a great conversationalist. And Amy and I usually just end up asking questions. Okay. And <laughs> it's great. And I, I told her, I was like, oh, I'm going to share that on oh, the podcast. No. Okay, I'm so, ready. So uh, one thing was, I found out that you and Amy were prom, prom king and queen. Well... I, well, we were different years in high school. Although you were, date, uh, you went there both with different dates. Yes. So I was, I, I, yes, I was prom king my senior year of high school. I, for whatever reason, I was like, what? Farmer Nate? No way. I was super popular. So. <laughs> no. Wait, what do you mean was? <laughs> yeah. Yep. I was, I was prom king. And, and so you both came with different dates, and you both liked each other. Yep. And so you were awkwardly taking this photo as, as uh, prom king and queen while your dates were both watching on. Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, that's not quite how it happened. I, I don't even quite remember, although <laughs> I do know that when we were interested in each other, we attended uh, prom with different dates because we sort of yeah. met in the interim. Okay. I also found out you played the tuba. I am passionate about the tuba. Oh you know, my goodness. nephew actually started playing the tuba, and I was so proud. <laughs> I was trying to imagine you holding a big tuba. Oh, dude. And, and you got scholarship offers for tuba. Dude, I loved the tuba <laughs> so much. One of my greatest regrets is that I didn't keep playing the tuba in really? college. Really? Yep. yep. Hey, hey we, we got a spot for a tuba player on the worship team. It's never too late, <laughs> right? Pick it back up. I also found out in that same orchestra that you and Amy were in the orchestra together, and you took tuba so seriously. I was a very I was very serious. And you were really annoyed. She was in the saxophone section, dude. Those people were a bunch of screw-ups. I mean, legitimately. I remember, like, always being so frustrated because the whole saxophone section was always talking instead of paying attention. 
<laughs> drove me nuts. <laughs> drove me nuts. And they sat right in front of me, so I was oh, always aware man. when they were screwing around. Yeah, yeah you're, you're, you know, so that as you were saying that, I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, uh, again, we've said this before in previous episodes. Your wife and I are similar on the Enneagram. Not totally, but similar enough. Mm. And and I, I don't know if I told this to, to your daughter, but I, I was just thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, like in, like in school, right? I, I was the one that fell asleep during lectures and whatever. And the studious, my studious friends would oh, get yeah. so upset. Yeah. And they're like, well, you're, you're just goofing off. Yeah. And you you did better, you know, like, oh. And I was like, oh, poor Nate. <laughs> I know, man. I, I mean, part of it was I loved music. I always have. And so I really, and I love, still one of my favorite things about music is playing in an ensemble setting. I love it, whether that's singing in a choir or being a part of a band or whatever. So I loved it, and it just made me so crazy that they were talking <laughs> while the while our band instructor was trying to get their attention. Uh, kind of felt like when we were working together too. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Come on, song, stop screwing around. Yeah, right. We got over it though. We got over it. Got married, and we haven't fought since. Uh, no. <laughs> Which talking about fighting, that's what we're going to talk. I mean, not not about fighting. But got a long, long email with somebody's story, which we're going to talk about, and uh, about forgiveness. Okay. Mm. And um, I, I'll try to encapsulate the question or, or distill it down. But basically, he says, you know, there's this idea of forgive and forget. Okay. And, like, God forgets our sins, but I can't seem to forgive. I, I mean, I, you know, I, like, I can't forgive because I can't seem to forget. Mm. what this per so a number of things experiencing both spiritual abuse okay in a church setting but also uh their fiance um Mm. uh uh, betraying him okay (laughs) while while getting ready to to be married so just a a ton of things and just how root uh, like this root of bitterness has really settled in and so just you know like walking through um some questions about how do I forgive mm. and what is forgiveness and you know it's love keeps no record of wrong and yet like I just keep coming back to this pain point in my life mm. and um, so he, he had mentioned like uh, the verse about like if you do not forgive people God will not forgive you right and just feeling really frightened oh, by yeah. that verse yeah. like okay I know I can't forgive my ex my mm. former mm-hmm. fiance I I you know I can't forgive what happened at the church that I used to go to um uh and like if I can't forgive then I'm not going to be forgiven <laughs> I'm not forgiven That's scary man <laughs> That's really scary Wow and okay. so um and, and this is a point of like priority of Jesus's ministry. He, you know, he talks about in the Lord's prayer, uh, forgive us, uh, forgive us our debts as, uh, yeah, for, as we forgive as those. We who... for, yeah. Right. And, and as God forgives us, we're supposed to do that. And, and, uh, the, he tells a story about, he compares somebody who was forgiven this unrepayable debt. Mm. And then he goes out and somebody else who owes him a much, much smaller debt. And he refuses to forgive that person. And this, and the story is kind of scary. It's kind of like, well, the person who didn't understand the debt he was, uh, cleared of and, and then couldn't do that Likewise, he's thrown into prison. Yeah. And and then Jesus says, That's how it will be if you do not forgive. Mm. And so that and he mentioned that passage too. And so there's a sense of like, oh my goodness, like 
um, terror, but like wanting to, but feeling like you can't get over the pain and the hurt. Yeah. And there's even the other, other side of it where it's like, well, if someone is hurting you, you shouldn't forget that they're hurting you and just put yourself back in a position to be taken advantage of necessarily. So I can appreciate how they're, again, we're in sort of a nuanced area. Yeah. So what what uh, what sort of insight can you bring us? Uh, well, let's talk about what for, what forgiveness is is not. Okay. Um, there is a book by uh, R R T Kendall, I think, um, called called Total Forgiveness. And, and while some of the stuff he says, I, I think is kind of out there, he he does have some really good things to say. And um, I don't think he says this, but l- we will say this. Hmm. Like, let's get rid of the whole uh, forgive and forget line. Okay. Because to forgive genuinely, you you need to remember what has taken place. Mm. It's not about denying or minimizing or justifying. Okay, and so um, and so let's just so that's just uh, you know that kind of half truth. Yeah, I mean, how do you how do you sort of marry that with the verse that you just quoted, which is that like love keeps no record of wrongs. Yeah, let's uh, are we. Just, are we going to come back to that? May, or? Maybe. Yeah. Let, let's come back to that. Okay. G- okay. Give me some time to think about that. Yeah. Too. Yeah. But um, first, like, like we're talking about, when I, 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 and this is really important because when people talk about forgiveness, they sometimes think that means I am approving of this person's mm-hmm. behavior or that they are somehow justifying it or excusing it. Okay. So if I forgive my fiance for, you know, uh, uh, betraying me. Yeah. Um, then somehow I am excusing that behavior. And, and I think, well, we just mentioned this, but like naming the hurt is, in, in all of its ugliness, is part of the healing process. Yeah. You, you need to name it. And so, um, <clears throat> so there isn't a sense of like, oh, if, if I've forgiven them, then I will forget. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could almost even take it further to say, and I think you kind of like touched the edge of this, you can't truly forgive someone if you don't fully acknowledge the, the hurt that was done. Yeah, and what they've done. Yeah. If it's just this kind of vague, ambiguous, oh, they wronged me. Right. Um, Which is also our tendency, right? Sometimes if something's really painful, we just want to like, I don't look, I don't even want to talk about it. I wouldn't, we don't, like, let's just, I forgive you. Let's just move past it. But yeah. really, have you forgiven them? Uh, th- I would tend to argue probably not <laughs> right you know that's that will probably come back up again yeah and, and what i've seen and this is also another what it's not is is uh sometimes people will say well tell me oh yeah i've forgiven them mm-hmm. and then uh later um you realize that they really haven't and so what forgiveness isn't is some superficial pretending like well uh, that's okay i'm not hurt yeah, I, I just had a conversation with somebody the other day where he said so many times, I'm not I'm not offended by that, or there aren't any hurt feelings. He said that so many times that I was like, mm, isn't there like a Shakespeare line, he doth protest too much, you know, where I started to feel like, ah, you've said this so many times that I'm, I think you're trying to convince yourself. Right, right. Yeah, and, and oftentimes I think that kind of quick... Band-Aid superficial forgiveness is not real forgiveness. And um, it's a superficial solution, maybe because you don't want to face up to it. Yeah. you uh, Because it is, um, and it's important that you you don't want, I mean, yeah, um, 
like none of us like to confront the the emotion or the brokenness in response to hurt that's happened to us. And I I think the other thing too, that forgiveness is not, and you see this sometimes in maybe more dramatic cases, but it is not pardoning or releasing the other person from any, from the consequences Mm -hmm. to happen. Like if somebody commits a crime. Yeah. So before we get into this, I wanted to say one other thing about the other thing that you said it's not, where it's kind of like this superficial. I was reminded of how often when I am in the process of needing to forgive somebody, to truly do that also means acknowledging my own role. In the, mm-hmm. and, and again, like there are absolutely times where someone wrongs you and it, it, you, there no blame falls on you. Yeah. That absolutely happens. Yeah. I would say, at least in my life, more often it takes two to tango and there is some sort of dysfunction in the relationship that I am, whether I'm the majority, you know, shareholder or minority that I'm sewing into and forgiving someone, truly forgiving someone and not just superficially saying, I'm just going to move past it requires us to acknowledge our own role yep, in yep. what's happening. And sometimes I think our desire to sort of move past it is to say, like, I don't want to have to look at myself too closely either in the midst of this. Like, if we just pretend there's no hurt feelings, we can both move on. Neither of, uh, neither of us need to acknowledge an uncomfortable truth, you know, and then no one's transformed. Right. So that I also feel that way about this sort of superficial, I forgive you, like, if yeah. there's no, no, you know, no blood, no foul kind of a thing. Right, right. And, and we'll get there because there's a mul- there's multiple layers in his story and his questions. One of the questions is like, how do I begin the process of forgiveness and healing? Mm-hmm. So that that's one thing. But and, and we'll get to some more practical things if we have time during this episode. But um, yeah, like in fact, somebody said to me the other day, "Oh, somebody did this and it really hurt me." But I told them, "Oh, it's okay," mm-hmm. <laughs> even though, like, it's it's still sticking with them. Yeah. And so that that is not forgiveness to just say, oh, it's okay. Right. Even if you say those words, right. it's okay. Right. We weren't allowed to say those words when I was little. You were in the in the midst of like a forgiveness exchange. Oh. If we someone asked for forgiveness, we weren't allowed to say it's okay mm. because what and this is my mom would always say. She say it's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're not saying it's okay. We're saying there's been a wrong, and we're saying that that we're choosing forgiveness. Yeah. I I still I don't know I. It didn't I, always work, but no, <laughs> that, and I, I, I think that's did. a good point because our natural tendency is to yeah. say, "Oh, it's okay." Yeah, right. And, and like, even even if it's a small slight, mm-hmm. say, "Oh, it's okay." Like, "Oh, you're late." Oh, it's okay. But then you're seething because you're so punctual, right? And, and like, th- like saying that is not <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's not a good thing to yeah. say, and it could be a, a deflection uh, yeah. strategy. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we if someone isn't asking for forgiveness, they can't be like. Well, I guess if I'm sorry I'm late, sometimes saying, I forgive you feels like a little bit heavy handed. But I think there are ways to maybe acknowledge, like, what happened, acknowledge hurt and have it not be okay, but also not have it be like we talked about, sort of like keeping, like taking out your notebook and saying, all right, tardy for the third time this week, like, you know, four more and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so going back to, uh, like, how forgiveness doesn't mean that you're pardoning them or that you're excusing them from consequences to happen, it's especially, let's say, if there was um, abuse, sexual, mm-hmm. physical, whatever. Yeah. Like, that doesn't mean that uh, you release them from any sort of, like, legal consequence. Mm-hmm. Or, nor does that mean that you, should, that you shouldn't protect yourself, that you shouldn't move out, that you should put boundaries. Yeah 
contact the authorities. Right. Like that does not, those are not mutually exclusive. You can still forgive somebody and still have them experience the legal, social, or any kind of other consequences. Yeah, the the relational consequences Mm -hmm. of drawing boundaries to keep yourself safe. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's a difference between sin and crime. And some things are a sin, but not a crime. Like pride or gossip is a sin. They're not a crime. But that, you know, and some things are a sin and a crime. Yeah. Like murder, right? That doesn't mean you remove the legal uh, ramifications of it. Um, And and maybe in some cases you do. Like you could charge somebody, Mm. but you decide not to. Mm -hmm. But again, those two things, and there's a lot of confusion thinking, well, if I forgive them, I shouldn't press charges. Well, that might not be the case. If I forgive them, I should move back in with him, even though he abuses me. Right. Like that doesn't mean that. Man. But that happens so often. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, it does. Yeah, and, and it's also important to realize that forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean that you're reconciled. Yeah. Beca- yeah, right. Be- because, um, like, in a perfect world, forgiveness and reconcil- reconciliation go together, but sometimes, like, it might be a parent and they've died. So uh, some people can't seem to feel like they... they uh, they have forgiven, let's say, an abusive parent yeah. because they're gone. Yeah. Well, just because there's a lack of reconciliation. And, and so just realizing that you can forgive them mm. and still not have that, have that closure of reconciliation. Or, or uh, you could forgive somebody, uh, but because they're unsafe, uh, you, you, you don't go back to them. Yeah. And you need to uh, navigate what, what does life look like now right and you're you're probably not going to have reconciliation with let's say an abusive spouse right for example nor does it mean like like you trust the person again yeah yeah it's it's this is again i'm glad that we're talking about this in this way because it is so nuanced it is you know um again I, i think when when i was young or when we're young the sort of the sins committed against us that we need to forgive are the kind of things that you kind of like, all right, we're just going to, we're going to move on. Like we forgive and you're not going to hit your brother again, or we forgive and you're, you know, not going to take that toy or you're going to share your food or whatever as we get older. And I think even about like patterns of when you talk about the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation, if what needs to be forgiven is a, is a, some habitual pattern of abuse or mistreatment, like that isn't reconciled in a singular exchange, right? There's this whole process if there is going to be restoration. So distinguishing those two, I think is really helpful, but it also feels complicated. It does. Yeah. And part of uh, this young man's story is like, there's a lot of (laughs) another, there there is multiple uh, branches in in his story about resentment and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. But one of them was towards his father who left the family when he was younger, Mm -hmm. the father has now passed away. And so uh, one of another layer of his questions was like, um, um, can, can there be forgiveness if, if like, I never had the chance to go to the person directly. Right. And if it's just in my head or I've never, you know, I've never said to him, I forgive you. Or even if the person hasn't passed away, can there be forgiveness for someone who shows no remorse? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, again, I would argue that the answer is yes. Yes. It's complicated, but the answer is yes. Um, 
So, man, all right, there's a lot There's a lot for us to get into here. Yeah, and, uh, and I would say it takes two to reconcile, but it only takes one to forgive. Oh, that's good. That's good, man. <laughs> because, that, because, right, and that speaks to that. Like, even if the other person is, like, not willing, forgiveness is still possible yeah. even if reconciliation is not. Oh, that's so good. That distinction will be really helpful, probably for me today still. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and I would even say there, and some ways that this has worked even for me, because obviously I've been the, the receiver and the giver of hurt. And, and so, um, the, yes, it, it is possible. And sometimes that might, might mean, um, some maybe symbolic actions that you could take, mm. for example, like writing a letter to your dad who has passed on yeah. or even writing a letter to a person who's still alive, but never mailing it. Yeah. But ju- there can be symbolic ways of helping you through that process mm. of forgiveness. So we've talked a lot about what forgiveness is not. Yeah. Are we going to talk about what forgiveness is? Yeah. What, what is forgiveness? Oh man. <laughs> So I, I I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of giving the wrong answer. But here's what I here's I'll forgive you. Here, yeah, right. Here's the way that I've somehow under some forgiveness is in some ways not requiring someone to pay for the sins that they have committed. Yeah. Uh, and again, like that is a I feel like that's a simplistic definition, and there's like a ton of nuance because we talked about like the legal ramifications for crime, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But in some ways, in your mind, not still sort of keeping the balance sheet, like yeah. they still owe me for what they did. <laughs> right. And until they make that right, we're sort of we're sort of at a standstill. That's sort of been my perhaps rudimentary understanding of forgiveness. No, that's, that's so good, Nate. I, and I think you're right, right? It's really yielding to your right, or, or I would say perceived right, mm, mm-hmm. to get even. Mm. Your perceived right to punish or, or to enact vengeance mm. or, or to kind of correct any uh, wrong that was committed against you. So it's surrendering that, yielding yeah. that, which is <laughs> not natural feels downright un-american sung <laughs> to sacrifice our rights <laughs> i mean in some ways it does it, right it like is. we are told over and over and over and in some ways holding on to your rights like you, we teach children you have the right to to you know to to your own body other people do not have the right to your body if you tell them no like some of those things are inherently true yeah. and then there's this forgiveness thing where we're asked to give up things that, again, feels like we should have a right to. Yeah. I should have a right to vengeance, or I should have a right, you know, to have um, for restitution mm-hmm. for crimes or sins committed against me. Mm-hmm. It's con- oh man! I'm just- All right, let's keep going because I'm now I'm getting more confused. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's true. Again, like even well, and I'll say this, uh, uh, and this going back to uh, Enneagram season, but as an Enneagram eight, which uh, like, cause I often think of vengeance as like, I'm going to go and slash your tires, mm-hmm. you know? And the thing that my wife has pointed out to me over and over again, I do this in such subtle ways. Mm-hmm. She'll just, and I, um, we'll, we'll be, we'll be talking or I'll, I'll be talking in a certain way or, or venting in a certain way. And, and sometimes it's against her. Uh, okay. Many times it's against okay. her and she, she'll say, Sung, you're doing vengeance. Mm. And I'd be like, what? 
right? And, and so <laughs> that that's a way too, like how spouses really sharpen each other. Yeah. Because until like she's so close to my life and, and she knows like the inner workings of my heart in some ways better than me and, and she'll spot out like, Hey, yeah, son, you don't go out like acting out your vengeance, mm. but you let people have it in other softer, subtler relational ways. Mm. And I'm like, man, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. And so when we yield our right, um, and this is, this is a little bit going back to like, you know, uh, forgive others or God won't forgive you. Like in, in yielding our right, we are reenacting what Jesus had done for us, mm. right? We are reenacting like he yielded him yielding his right yeah. to fight back or punch back. Oh man, that that's, that's my natural tendency. I want to punch back. So, metaphorically. so I, it's interesting because my, my relational vengeance is withdrawal. Oh, which is again, we're really different personalities, but mine will be like, you know, I'm just going to sort of remove myself from. And, you know, I think it was when we were talking to Christine about Enneagram twos where that was she would say the same thing. She kind of like, I'll give, give, give. And when I find when I feel like I'm unappreciated, I will simply remove myself. Um, And so I think that that it's helpful to remember that vengeance doesn't even always have to be proactive. Yeah. It can be sort of like just pull. I pull if if I'm having a fight with Amy, I'll do something like it can be a small thing, but like I'm just gonna go to bed early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just gonna like <laughs> I'm we're, I'm not I'm gonna be asleep by the time she gets up here. I'll get up before she's awake. Like just sort of remove myself from that relationship. But that is me sort of acting out vengeance. <laughs> yeah. So all you introverts, <laughs> you don't get a pass. <laughs> no, and like you were saying, and we we're we've been talking about vengeance. Vengeance and getting even it, it isn't always uh, external behavior. Yeah. More so, it begins internally sure. in our attitudes and in our hearts. Yep. And so, um, uh, here's another question. Like, I have had, um, pro- probably this has happened to me more so than vice versa, but I remember one young, uh, 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 I was back in college, and a friend of mine, a female friend, uh, our freshman year, uh, we lived in the same dorm and we, you know, we were in the same small group or whatever. We're friends. And, uh, I remember at one point saying something to her, um, and, you know, looking back pretty insensitive. Uh, I don't remember exactly what I said. And I remember three years later, our senior year, she said, Sung, I remember when you said this to me and uh, I've been bitter at you ever since. Wow. <laughs> wow. Unfortunately, that's happened more so than like me saying that to somebody else. Mm. And, and so how do you even go to somebody who has no idea they ever hurt you? Uh, yeah, I mean, so here's an interesting thing. This goes back to one of our what forgiveness is not. Do you have to? Okay. Right. I mean, in some ways, okay, ready for this? Yeah. In some ways forgiveness happens entirely apart from the from her interaction with you and what she should actually be doing you ready for this yeah. is confessing mm. like she's not coming to you to forgive that should already be taking place but she could come to you and confess holding bitterness for 3 years mm. you know and th- that's where that's i think that's where when we talk about um love not keeping a record of wrongs i think that's where you start to see it that that you can forgive someone um and not like 
not sort of hold that over the relationship for an extended period of time. Mm. And I think we would like to think that forgiveness requires someone asking, but that's actually not true. Yeah, yeah. Um, Right, because you don't go to the person and say, hey, look, I forgive you. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. right. I'm, you know, because then I'm the judge pronouncing forgiveness. Yes, yeah. Versus you're the confessor. Yeah. Oh, that's good because, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, Amy has said that to me too. Mm-hmm. You did this so long ago. And again, like for someone like me, I'm so oblivious to that. Mm-hmm. And part of it is, too is because like, I'm like a rhino, right? Like when it comes to... That's an accurate metaphor. (laughs) (laughs) It's... it's, I'm just thinking of all the ways that metaphor should go. (laughs) We're all just wildebeests getting tossed (laughs) over your shoulders, hung. (laughs) It's like I had no idea. Um, And so when, when this has happened, yeah, and like you were saying, when the person has come and said, um... And this has happened. People have come up to me. And you know what? It is so, it's so helpful. And it's, it's helpful for my growth mm. and awareness. Mm-hmm. Because to be kept in the dark and nobody say anything, especially if it's just kind of like, not again, not like major abuse and all that other stuff. Right. But just like, you know. Insensitivity or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To say, look, hey, Sung, I need to ask for your forgiveness because I've been holding this for a long time. Yeah. And, and it's a posture of confessor. Mm. Or, or, you know, you said this and it really bothered me. And I've been judging you. Yeah. Like, oh my, like the, the desire to reconcile, like versus, hey, you hurt me. And, and you know, this, 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 and that's where we, t- yeah, where it's like, like what we're essentially saying is it's you, you hurt me. You need to make it right. Right. And that is uh, not forgiveness. Man, that's hard, Sung. That's that, hard. That, that's how our culture it operates. Is. It I is. I mean, the wider culture. Yep. You're at fault. You need to reckon. You need to do something to repair this. Until you make it right, you are getting uh. nothing from me. And so here's here's where when I think about that verse, I've been chewing on this since we started talking about love not keeping a record of wrongs. Mm. In some ways, unforgiveness is like it's like a full stop. Unforgiveness essentially says the relationship is not going to progress past this point, yeah. past this interaction. And so when you're not forgiving someone you essentially are stopping the relationship. Forgiveness allows the relationship to move forward. Now, I think that it should be strongly influenced by whatever went wrong, right? Like if someone is mistreating you or... Or you know whatever, it's like complicated. The, yeah, it's but the relationship can move forward with that as being the reality. But apart from forgiveness, the relationship doesn't move forward Un- unless and by God's grace, sometimes it happens. We come to our senses and ask for forgiveness to the people that we've injured, yeah. right? But apart from that, if you're sort of waiting for someone else to make the relationship mm-hmm. right, you're probably operating in unforgiveness, yeah. and. So, I mean, I think it's helpful to talk about how we do this because that's where it really starts to get tricky. Mm-hmm. But um, but I think that that can be how it works. Yeah. It's not saying this didn't happen, but it says the relationship can, can continue to progress mm-hmm. with boundaries, understandings, or conversations towards, towards reconciliation. Yeah, what you're saying reminds me of that saying, uh, forgiveness is setting someone free and finding out it's who. That's you. Yeah, it's you, right? Yeah. And that's so true because you think that, 
you know, they're imprisoned yeah. and you don't see the way that your anger yeah. is imprisoning you. Yeah. I mean, isn't there that other, fr- so like sometimes people say like, is it bitterness or something like that? That's like dr- drink, like oh, drink it. drinking poison and, and ex- hoping the other person dies kind of a thing, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's good. To Just to see that. So how, this is where the rubber meets the road. How on earth do we move forward into forgiveness? And I think if we take an extreme example, let's say someone who has passed away or someone who is absolutely unwilling to acknowledge their own fault. What does forgiveness look like in those situations? Because I think everything else is easier. I'm, you know, I'm trying to think of the situations that are the most difficult. And if we can know yeah. what forgiveness looks like there, it's kind of like, well, everything else is easier. Yeah. Uh, how about, how about this? Let's, um, that, that's a, uh, that's a really good question. Let's, let, let's extend this to an, another episode and wrap this up by saying, uh, well, uh, let me bring some more nuance to this whole forgiveness thing. Oh man. If you, like, if it wasn't complicated enough. <laughs> uh, well, uh, and let me reiterate that forgiveness, uh, that the, the initial question of like, I still, I can't forget. So I must not be for, forgiving for, uh, for forgiveness is bringing that wrong up and feeling the full brunt of it so that you could name it and acknowledge it. And again, it's complicated, right? In cases of abuse and betrayal, like you, you don't want to be re-victimized. Like we're not saying that, right. but, but you need to name the crime or the abuse or the injustice as it was mm. and actually being aware of what somebody has done so that you could take appropriate action actions to protect yourself or your family. But it's also, so being aware of what somebody has done, but it's also, uh, Forgiveness is not a one-time thing. Yeah. It's a process that leads to, it's, it's, it's an entire process, which, which we'll talk about next time. It leads to a choice, and actually it's a continuous choosing. Yeah. And I think that's what makes forgiveness such a challenging uh, process. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like, oh, I, I forgave that person, right. and now we're clear. Right. Um, Right. And the only way to do that is, again, like some of the things we talked about, if you sort of minimize it or sort of gloss over the injury, that's really the only way for forgiveness to be sort of a one time thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. And, and trusting that justice will be done. Mm. And uh, even though you're not the agent. Yeah. I, 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 I'll add this. I would say this as a joke. So please hear this as a joke. I would say this only to like people who I could laugh with. So, oh, man, <laughs> you know, pastor jokes are even worse than dad jokes. Yeah. <laughs> I I agree. So one, one, one pastor joke I would always say is like again you quote the Bible and take it out of context. So I'd be like, "Vengeance is mine," saith the Lord, and then I would add, "But I am the Lord's uh, instrument." There you go. You know? and there you like go. for someone like me, I'm like, "Yes, I am the agent of God's vengeance." Mm. But like that is so. I mean, again, that's a joke. But but forgiveness means okay, God will take His vengeance. And I'm not the agent, and so I refuse to punish um, uh, the, the, the the person. And again, that's different than the consequences of the law. Yeah. But so I I have so much I want to say okay. about walking forgiveness out. So if we're gonna do another episode, I think we should stop before I get rolling because you touched on what I think is one of the most critical points of walking out forgiveness. Okay. So if nope. you want to hear it, you're gonna have to check out that's the next right uh. episode where we talk about how on earth. 
do you walk out forgiveness, mm-hmm. especially in some of the most extreme contexts? And where it's not any is, easy answers. It's not. No. It's not. But hey, thank you for sticking with us as we've made things confusing. Maybe, maybe in the next episode, we will make things less confusing, although I wouldn't hold your breath. <laughs> Thanks for being with us. We, we hope that we see you again. Breath.